Hey everybody, welcome to Spin is a Four-Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast, all things PR, journalism, etc., etc. Um, great show today, but joining me is Matt Williams, our VP and King of the World. Hi, Matt. <laughs> John, how are you? And the best radio voice ever. <laughs> and our silent but deadly producer, Brittany Everett. Hey, Britt. She's waving furiously. Um, today, Matt, I'm excited. Uh, Joanna Sullivan, editor-in-chief of the Baltimore Business Journal, is going to be our guest. And I've had the honor of knowing and working with Joanna for about two decades. And she's a consummate professional, uh, super smart, uh, really candid and uh, really honest. And I think we touch on some interesting things. No doubt about it. And I think, you know, for folks that don't know, you know, Baltimore business journal is a terrific outfit and I would probably put them up against any other business journal or business publication in the country. Um, they do a great job and they've really carved out their spot here in Baltimore. So it's great to have Joanna weigh in on that. Yeah. And you know, look, they are part of a family of over 40 newspapers nationwide under American city business journals, and they're doing great and they're growing exponentially. And Joanna alludes to this a little bit, but you know, they found the niche. Um, they have a fabulous looking paper. They cover a wide array of, of topics, but, um, enough of listening to us, uh, without further ado, Joanna Sullivan, Baltimore Business Journal. Joining us today is editor-in-chief of the Baltimore Business Journal and someone I consider a friend and one of the great um, journalists in the area, Joanna Sullivan. Joanna, thank you so much for joining us on Spin is a Four-Letter Word. Thank you so much, John. It's great to, uh, to be on here today. I appreciate the kind words as well. No, absolutely. And Joanna, you and I have known each other a long time. You've been with the Baltimore Business Journal uh, for a couple of decades now, and you have seen things evolve quite a bit, not just with your organization, but with the news industry as a whole. Um, recently, how have you guys handled just the challenges that everybody kind of is facing in, in the world these days, right? You got um, harder to hire folks and keep folks, harder to uh, have all the assets you need to kind of put um, the news out on a daily basis, some of those challenges. What have you done to kind of keep pace and um, keep things moving forward? Like you said, so many changes I've seen over the years, you know, good and bad. Uh, it's an exciting time in journalism. At the same time, it's, you know, a little scary because it's moving so fast mm -hmm. and changing so quickly. You know, when I started, and I'll date myself here, there was no internet when I started in journalism. Uh, but you know, we have rapidly evolved from a weekly newspaper uh, to a daily operation and multimedia operation. And, you know, we're doing it on with fewer people. Uh, there's a lot more work, but, um, you know, it's very it's exciting because we can get to our readers, you know, very quickly and social media is helping us reach a broader audience as well. Social media is a really good uh, uh, good segue, Joanna. What it, Susan, I think social media, in our mind, it's a big part of our business. I know it's a big part of your your universe. But there, it presents a lot of challenges, right? I mean, so now there's there seems to be more of a focus on immediacy, sometimes um, trumping accuracy. And you have to be really careful about that because you want to be the first one to break a story. You want to be the first one getting that news out there. And oftentimes that's Twitter or another social media platform. Um, how do you guys manage that and combat that um, as you go like day to day, especially in the breaking news world? 
Well, um, being first is important, but being accurate is more important. So I'm not worried if uh, we get beat on a story, you know, something if, you know, we don't feel comfortable, you know, to go out before the information is solid and we know it's solid. So, um, you know, we have to be very careful. Stories go through a couple layers of editors uh, before we hit that publish button, mm -hmm. but it is very fast. You have to be very careful. Um, you know, it, back in the day when it was just print, you know, you had to worry because it stayed, the mistake would, you know, stay there and right. you couldn't correct it until the next week. Uh, now you can correct things more easily, but that doesn't make us want to do that. Right, for sure. And it also makes it easier for annoying PR guys to call you when they <laughs> right. disagree with you. Yes. <laughs> I always tell the reporters, you know, go line by line, make sure you have everything right. Because especially if a story is something that, you know, people aren't happy with, they're going to try to, you know, find something wrong. Whether yeah. you misspell a name or you, you know, you don't want to misspell a name. I would say that's one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. So, and Joanna, I, uh, I wanted to take a step back and look at the at at the kind of the evolution of journalism as a whole in within the marketplace. Meaning, for so long as you know, the major dailies basically controlled um, everything with regard to news outlets. They, you know, they, even television stations took their lead from the from the newspapers, and the major dailies had a business section or they had a sports section. What? How do you give us your thoughts on on the way the world has become segmented now, you know, you have especially business publications like yourself, you have sports publications, you have real estate publications that are all, um, you know, they have their own beats and they have their own, their own websites or, or outlets. And I just wondered what your thoughts are on that. And is it, is it a good thing? Is it a, is it a, is it good for the consumer? Is it, or is it just uh it's just the way of the world? I guess it is the way of the world and there's many good things about it. I mean, niche publications have done well like us because, you know, we're catering to a very specific audience, greater Baltimore business people. And, you know, they can't get most of the stuff that we have anywhere else. Um, it is sad to see the large dailies and a lot of the community newspapers suffer you know, as a reader and as someone who lives in a neighborhood who used to have a community newspaper, uh, it's hurt um, communities. I think it's, you know, small businesses don't have places to uh, turn to for advertising or to, you know, get their community news out there. And that's hurt small businesses. Um, you know, we see people turning to, you know, Facebook to try to fill that void and, you you know, we've seen all the problems with um, that as well. You know, people have become very negative on social media. So there's a lot of, you know, downsides to losing our big dailies in our community newspapers. Uh, we've been trying to, you know, make sure we fill our niche and keep the business community healthy by, you know, reporting on what's important to uh, the economy. Joe, what do you what do you think's trending these days in Baltimore? Like, what do you, what are you hearing more? And you guys are covering more. What are kind of the big stories and the big trends in the business community um, in Baltimore? Because I think you know sometimes the general public outside of our market views Baltimore in not such a negative light, but we see a lot of positives going on. What what are you guys seeing and really seem to be hearing about more regularly? 
I think, you know, our market, we're seeing a lot of interest in uh, stories about the cannabis industry. It's really growing. Um, Our readers want to know more about it and how to get into it. We're seeing a lot more about um, diverse businesses. People want to find Black-owned businesses and uh, do business with them. So that has been an area we've really been covering. Uh, Real estate is still really hot. You know, we've seen the housing market right now is kind of crazy. Also, commercial real estate. And what people don't see, you know, they do see a lot of the negative about Baltimore, but there's a lot of exciting projects in Baltimore and, and not just around the, the tourist areas in a lot of the neighborhoods, um, you know, really groundbreaking type changes that could be coming along the, the public markets, Lexington market. It's yeah. very exciting to see that project moving along and, you know, Broadway market looks great. If someone has not been in Fells Point for some time uh, to see the development there and the changes, it's, you know, it's very exciting. Um, so we, Readers are excited about that. In restaurants, we did a lot of stories during the pandemic of restaurants closing. It was getting very depressing, but there's a lot of opportunity that has opened up. You see people opening in old restaurant spaces or trying to expand, and they see, you know, people are eating out again, and hopefully that'll continue uh, despite the latest variant. But um, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on in the hospitality industry. At the same time, you know, the labor shortage, we can't do enough stories about hiring and recruiting because businesses are struggling to find good people. Yes. Joanna, the, the I'm not sure all the PR people that would be listening to this podcast would understand the relationship between their local business journal, perhaps, and, you know, your overall parent company. And how that works, and are there advantages and disadvantages to that? How perhaps could a PR person, you know, use that to their advantage with regard to, you know, placing a story or buying an adver- advertising that may hit all of your business journals? Yeah, how closely do you guys work together as a, yeah. you know, family at American City Business Journals? Very closely. I mean, I am in contact with my fellow editors and our national content team on a daily basis. Uh, we now have 46 markets. Wow, um, we're in, um, I guess, most of the markets that we're in, we have a print paper, but we also have digital only in New York and Los Angeles and Chicago, uh, some of the bigger markets. Um, we share stories. Uh, we Increasingly, we're doing a lot more national stories. Uh, we have a national content team that, is doing great uh, coverage of the labor market, of higher education. Um, So you'll see a lot more of those stories on our site. Uh, But you also see, you know, we have the advantage of we can work together on big projects. We just did something on uh, malls and how malls are really struggling. And this week, our cover story, Melody Simmons, did it on um, looking at how Malls are in debt and and they are, you know, trying to survive despite losing their anchor stores like uh, the ball in Columbia lost Lord and Taylor. And you have, you know, White Marsh lost Sears. Um, 
that's really been a challenge. So um, we worked together with our national content team and with other markets to do a really compelling package. And the data really speaks for itself. If you look at how malls are dying across the country, it's a little bit better in our area. We saw, you know, some actually hopeful trends here. Now that that's interesting. And, and for anybody listening to, I think from an ad buying standpoint, what you guys do that makes it really easy. We're doing more and more in that space. And it's very easy for me to call up, um, you know, someone at the BBJ or someone at the WBJ and, and deal with them on a buy that encompasses six, seven markets. We did it recently with the Ripken Foundation and we're working on some of the Weller development in various markets. So being able to do that through one conduit just makes everyone's life easier and still gets the, the mission done for you guys. Um, let me ask you about um, uh, print overall, Joe. You mentioned there were a couple of markets that are just digital um, is that, do you, we were just talking about this earlier today with, with the Baltimore sun moving their print operation up the road. How, how much longer do you think we're going to actually have printed newspapers around? Is it just until, uh, is it just until people like us are no longer, or like, are we the last bastion? Like who, where's that going? <laughs> that, that is the question of the day. I don't think it's going anywhere here at American city, um, uh, anytime soon. Uh, we still have very loyal print readership and whether that's people who want the physical copy in their hands. And we have a lot of those people or people who like the um, digital print edition. So you can like look at it as if you're holding the, the paper in your hand, right. it flips and you can see the ads and you can see every you know thing, how it looks. Um, we're beautifully designed paper, so I think people really enjoy that mm -hmm. experience. It's different than the online. Um, but, you know, I have no idea, you know, how long, you know, that audience will be around. Yeah. Um, you know, for now, you know, we, we I'm putting out the print paper as we speak. Yep. Um, yep. Goes to bed on Wednesdays and, um, you know, it's still an important part of what we do. Well, it's funny. You see, thing, everything comes full circle, right? I mean, now you see direct mails down working again, and that was kind of something considered dead not long ago. So who knows? In, in, in a few years, we might be surprised and everybody would be demanding something they can hold again, which would, yeah. would, wouldn't surprise me. Um, hey, Joanna, can I ask you just a little bit of, from a, about, PR, <laughs> about PR people like us? Um, just generally speaking, you know, when, when PR pros, I know there's all sorts of people and personalities in our world just like yours, but, you know, if, if there is some advice you can give the PR people, whether it's about outreach to your, your team or, um, you know, how to follow up most effectively and what makes your life easier. I mean, I remember Hold, Holden's very outspoken about, you know, what, how – what he likes to see from PR people and not, and, it's, and the easiest one he always says that's his beef is know, know what we cover particular individuals. Cause it's right on our website. The beats we cover are there and it's right on our website. But like, if you're looking at it from a, from a PR person's perspective, what, what advice would you give them that help would give them the best, best chance at success and also not drive you guys insane? I think there's two things that I really noticed, you know, I'll try to be uh, not negative, but two things that uh, could be really helpful. And that one is if you're going to put out a press release, make the people available that day. I can't tell you how many times I get 
a press release. I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll do the story. Can we talk to, you know, Dr. Smith about this? Oh, Dr. Smith is traveling until next Wednesday. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, can you wait yes. until like, but you put out the press release today. So that's my one thing. And the second thing is start taking some good pictures to send along with your pitches. Um, you know, we we try to put a photo with every story we do online. And a lot of times, like, we'll say, oh, do you have a headshot of the new CEO? And they're like, oh, no, we haven't shot one yet. Or they have one that's like a thumbnail that, you know, won't upload and will look terrible in print. And or they send a black and white. And it's like, well, it's, you know, right. black and white look great, but it's, you know, 2021. And um, so. I think they're my two biggest pet peeves, but you know, in general, you know, we, we need, um, public relations people. Uh, we rely on you for, uh, helping us find good stories and helping us, you know, find out who the players are and connecting us with people. So, you know, I think we've had a very good relationship over the years with the PR firms, obviously with you, John, we, uh, and, uh, you know, we look to continue that, but, you know, the main thing is just, you know, I know you can't always make our crazy deadlines, which are, you know, now you hear from reporters, oh, my deadline was yesterday. Uh, but, you know, we're willing like to work with you and, uh, to try to make, you know, some good things happen. Thanks, Joanna. And, and look, I, I think it's also an interesting thing that you brought up about the images or <clears throat> if, if you're dealing with tv stations even like a link to some b-roll and video if you have it you know that's a relatively and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this that's a relatively new advancement in the in the um you know uh news gathering agency space they used to not do that because they would only utilize you know you guys and all news gathering agencies would only utilize what they their folks shot and because resources are not what they once were that if you if you have a professionally done whether it's b-roll or whether it's a, a, a few photos people are more apt to use them um if they're if they're not you know too self-serving and if they actually paint a picture and they're, they're well done that seems to be a a relatively new development with with regard to you know news gathering agencies Yes, it, no, it is. And uh, all the help we can get would be great, you know, to get some good images. And, you know, your story gets better play, too. Yeah. You know, people are more apt to clip if, uh, click on something if there's a good photo or if you can give them, you know, that little extra to uh, catch their eye. Joanna, I want to shift gear just a, a second on, on um, you guys do a lot of work with uh, the with conferences, with awards events and those kinds of things. And I think for PR folks, that's an opportunity to position their people, you know, as, as thought leaders to camp, you know, to, to place them there to, to, to speak to a particular uh, group of people. And it's also a great place to, frankly, to, to meet people in the, in that particular business. Can you talk a little bit about that part of your, of, of the, of the business journals uh, business? Sure. Um, we just finished like a fall of several different events that we did. We did our Fast 50 Awards and our Leaders in Healthcare, um, which goes to press next week, and um, and our 40 Under 40, which is extremely popular. And we do these um, events 
and awards to give readers a chance to get to know more people for us to get to know more sources and, you know, especially emerging people, but also because it really builds community. Um, when you go to these events, you realize how important they are. You know, we might get a little jaded, like, Oh God, we have another awards event, but you get there and you meet these incredible business people. Like one of my favorite events is our uh, family owned business events, which mm-hmm. is coming up in February. And you meet these companies that never get any kind of recognition for anything. And they're amazing. And, you know, they have trouble getting off that day because they run their own businesses. And they come to the event and they're just so exciting. And their stories are so interesting, you know, where they have, um, you know, evolved for like 100 years. You know, we have these companies that have like three or four generations of uh, leadership. So um, we do them for that reason. They're very popular with readers. Um, it is a great chance for PR people to put their clients out there and put themselves out there. Uh, we are actually going to put our nominations up next week for 2022. So we're always trying to increase uh, the number of nominations we get so we can reach a broader um, you know, spectrum of people, you know, different geographic areas um so we always get excited you know when we have you know we, i think we had like 250 300 nominations for 40 under 40 uh, and they were all so good it was very hard to pick just 40 now that's great we'll uh believe me we'll be submitting a few uh <laughs> nominees from our clients last question joe is, is more really kind of looking at the future of journalism and frankly pr if you're like me, you probably speak to some college classes and college students from time to time. And I think there's more opportunity in journalism and in public relations than than there's been in a while. And I think some people will look at, at journalism and say that, you know, no, it's getting the, the newsrooms are getting smaller. There's less opportunity. But there's, I think there's more opportunity for young people to do real work out of the gate than in the past and and the same thing with our industry you know we're seeing more activity in media relations but also how it works hand in hand with digital and social and ad advertising and you know some paid paid opportunities so i was just curious if you're getting a good vibe from younger journalism majors uh coming out of school or if they're seeing it more as a challenging time you know i remember you know decades ago when a journalist came to, you know, my, one of, I guess my uh, high school and told us, you know, there's no jobs in journalism. He came to my journalism class <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, you have a job. <laughs> uh, and that didn't stop me. And now I see so many opportunities, even more than when I was coming out of school, there's people are looking for journalists right now. And it maybe the big newspapers and, um, community newspapers aren't hiring like they used to, but there are still plenty of jobs. I just hired two people. Um, I'm excited. Uh, one started a few weeks ago and I have another one starting in January. Um, you know, but I see job, uh, you know, notices every day in journalism and there's a ton. And so I think people coming out of school have a lot of choice um, I visited Morgan State Journalism School a couple weeks ago and met some incredible students there who were getting ready to graduate. And 
they have a lot of opportunities and, um, you know, I hope to try to get some of them, you know, into our newsroom. Um, so it's, it's a good time to be a student or anyone really looking for a job right now. Yeah. Well, look, I think it's an encouraging sign for our universes, public relations, journalism, storytelling. Um, there's a lot of smart young people coming out of school and there's a lot of opportunities for them uh, to excel, like you, like you said. So um, yeah, good times ahead, but uh, Joanna, I want to say thank you. I know how valuable your time is. I know how busy uh, your days are, but thanks for carving out a little bit of time and, and coming on our podcast. Uh, you're a great guest. It's no surprise. And we really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much. This was fun. Thanks for listening to spin is a four letter word. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe, send us your feedback too. We want this to be interesting for everybody and give us a follow at Maroon PR on Twitter and LinkedIn.